you for tuning in to Roll Call. The movie you selected is The Backup Plan. Welcome to Roll Call, the show where two childless millennials gush over movies uh, and follow an actor's journey from their early years throughout their blockbuster hits. Because let's face it, we still miss blockbuster, but I must say Netflix is coming in hot. Netflix has been um, a great clutch, and I wonder if like years from now we're going to see a blockbuster stand at a cool little artsy farmer's market in Soho. Or like, what if Netflix meets Blockbuster's fate? I don't think so at this point because they're just they're making original. That ship has sailed. Like block, but like Netflix gave Blockbuster a chance. They said no. Blockbuster broke Netflix's heart. Netflix is going to blame everything on Blockbuster and be like, "Oh, you're leaving me. It's your fault. You broke my heart. I don't want to be there for you when you give birth to these twins." Oh, oops, am I accidentally giving away the plot of this movie that I really fucking <laughs> I'm hate? Not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready for this either, but let's get into it. Oh my gosh. All right. What's up, guys? I'm Bria, and I would like the backup plan to back the fuck up <laughs> for, for a couple seconds, minutes, hours, the duration of the movie. Yes. <laughs> I'm your host, Simone, and if you thought that I hated Made in Manhattan, just wait until you hear my hot takes and opinions on this piece of garbage movie today. And in speaking of which, what are we talking about, Bria? Woo, in today's episode, we'll chat about our girl Jennifer Lopez and her comeback movie, The Backup Plan, that um, came out in April of 2010. So... I am your host of Pop Culture Today, so let's take a trip back to 2010, which I must just put a disclaimer out there. This is the year I graduated high school and then eventually started college in the fall, so it's right here. It's a landmark year for me. So, some big things that I think encapsulate MTV at the time of 2010. The Lady Gaga meat dress. Let's just get that out there. Okay, let's do it. That was a moment. Like, just WTF. (laughs) Like, I mean, I feel like between 2008, 2009, 2010, Gaga, it was like, what is she going to do next? How is she going to be topping herself off? Like, I feel like every time we saw her, there was some kind of, like, one-up that we're like, what can she possibly do next? The meat dress, which I can't remember, came before or after the Kermit the Frog dress, which was one of my personal favorites. (laughs) But the meat dress was one of those things where I was like, what in the holy fuck? That was mind-blowing in pop culture. So, still to this day, I don't think it has been topped. Um, It's almost a la j-lo in the versace dress like (laughs) yes but not as sexy (laughs) (laughs) i mean like lady gaga is so sexy and beautiful and has definitely come into her own it's just the meat dress isn't sexy. the meat dress is not i mean god just think of the smell right uh poor poor people who were sitting next to her (laughs) at the vmas or like the seat filler that had to fill in her seat when she like went to perform or something (laughs) like like, can i switch seats (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right so 
in other MTV news, uh, we have the birth and the ending of two major reality shows, The Hills, which is one of my faves, and Elsie says goodbye, and <laughs> we are introduced to Jersey Shore. The party's oh here. Oh my god. <laughs> so that is a literal end on one iconic chapter in MTV history, but a fresh beginning of a whole hot mess express. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It really, I feel like it really is the shift of MTV, like shifting yeah. from kind of teen culture and very kind of explorative um, things about teenagers and stuff like Laguna Beach, the hills, to hot mess stuff of. <laughs> Jersey Shore teen mom at uh, 16 and yes. pregnant, all those kinds of, although I will say Robin Big Fantasy Factory later on, those were good shows. <laughs> but yeah, it's more of a like, ooh, like kind of like, yes. what kind of shit's going to happen versus like this very like, oh my God, there's so much drama. Like, <laughs> yes. And I, one thing that I think MTV does really well are, like scripted, non-scripted reality shows. So, I mean, they started it off with Real World and Road Rule. That's a tongue twister. Real World and Road Rules. And then Real World Road Rules Challenge where yes. they had the crossover and that was already huge. So it was like you already had this concept of like shoving 10 strangers into a household and like making them live together. But Jersey Shore just elevated it of like, how can we take the most obnoxiously like crazy funny it's so wrong it's right and it doesn't make sense but it does make sense and put all of those people together in one house with a duck phone and <laughs> like copious amounts of spray tan and alcohol and the world just either you you if you didn't hate it you secretly loved it but you would never admit that you did jersey yeah. shore just made sense yeah it's so interesting to think about um the fact that jersey shore really is like the real world just in a very specific place pulling people from that area and not so much like a bunch of strangers from all over the united states but like new york and new jersey and like the various boroughs and pulling kids from there and putting them in a house because this is what they're going to do anyways all summer mm -hmm. and filming them and the whole like Italian Guido Guidette culture <laughs> like it's just so like interesting for reality TV and oh my god the Ed Hardy shorts shirts galore oh. like the the gelled hair the the snooky poof like just so much <sighs> yeah there's yeah so much like I sigh I sigh in like a nostalgic like oh man good <laughs> yes, times yes. All right, so moving on in um, some celebrity scandal news, Mel Gibson um, has his his race racist um, <laughs> terrible rants leaked in the press as he is um, in the midst of some kind of relationship problems with his at the time girlfriend, I believe, baby mama. Mm -hmm. um, wow, what a fall from grace because. Mel Gibson, once named sexiest man of the year, had good things going for him. Was this, was this, so I know obviously he, you know, I'm Jewish. And so whenever like 
anti-Semitic things come out in the press. Like I always feel like my little aunt, my little feelers are like, bing, 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 bing. and so that was like a big topic in my household. But was this also the time where he like called the officer sugar tits, where like he got pulled over for like a DUI and he like yelled at someone. He was like, Miss Sugar Tits. And he was like really mean to the police officer. I'm not sure, but it probably is either around this time or follows this uh, big I, issue. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it followed it because yeah, the, the anti-Semitic stuff was such a bummer. I mean, Passion of the Christ had already been released. We are. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where I was like, damn, we should have seen this coming anyways. Kind of very oh, close right, relation right. to like 16 and pregnant teen mom kind of stuff. To me, the p celebrity poster children of this are uh, Levi Johnston and Bristol Palin. They get engaged oh, in 2010 and uh -huh. they're like everywhere and he is clearly like trying to ride the fame wave that happened due to Sarah Palin's um, vice presidency nomination. But um, yeah, woo, talk about a hot mess on the tabloid <laughs> circus. Oh yeah, like. oh yeah. Um, and then um, just a big broad stroke because as we are getting through these years, I'm realizing that the more specific we get, the less stuff we have to talk about in the future. But a broad stroke of this time is this is kind of the beginning that we see a lot of major celebrity cheating scandals. So mm. to kick this off, we have the king of cheating scandals, Tiger Woods. Oh. His harem of women that yes. we find out he was banging on the side. And then we also have America's sweetheart Sandra Bullock gets cheated on by Jesse James post Oscar win. Yes, post Oscar. So Jesse James was automatically canceled because the world, I don't think Talk Sandra about cancel Bullock, culture. <laughs> literally, yeah. And I don't think Sandra has ever done anything wrong. I can't remember a time where we're like, Sandra, really? Like, she truly is America's sweetheart. We love you. We stand by you, Miss Bullock. <laughs> But then in the coming years, there's so many other celebrity marriages and stuff that fall apart due to cheating scandals. So I look forward to talking about some of those. Mm -hmm. And a good moment here, as always, is technology. Last time we talked about the iPhone and this major shift. 2010, we get the iPhone 4, my first iPhone, and I believe yours, right? Mm-hmm. So, um... Do you remember, being a Bay Area native, do mm -hmm. you remember that the iPhone 4 was left at a bar in um, Redwood City? And um, I forget who, but somebody, what, some kind of technology uh, website or something paid tons of money to get this, pro like, this prototype of the iPhone and leaked it everywhere. And the design was everywhere. But um, also... In relative, like to now, the size of the iPhone 4 screen is the size of a credit card. No, it was yeah. that small. <laughs> yes. Okay, it's funny because you you don't notice when you get a bigger phone. It's like a gradual change. Yeah. And it's but then when you hold a smaller or when you hold a older generation phone and compare it to your current one, you're like. Oh yeah, this is small. Yeah. Like Kevin still hasn't upgraded his and he's still rocking, I think, a seven. And so I'll pick up a oh. seven and be like, whoa, like there's just a huge <laughs> difference. So I can't even imagine the four, the screen as big as a credit card. I mean, that's only slightly bigger from what the iPod screen was. 
Yeah, I mean, it was tiny. And also, officially, Android is here. They are playing mm. the game alongside iPhone in terms of touchscreen phones. I, my first smartphone was actually a HTC. So um, it's a more affordable, accessible way to get a smarter phone without plunking down. I think, what was it, like $500 for the iPhone at that time? When yeah, it first something came like out that. And stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, big changes, big changes. Um, I mentioned it kind of cheekily earlier, but Netflix really is taking off. They are still sending DVDs in the mail, but you can now stream certain things from your, excuse me, Xbox, your PlayStation, your Blu-ray player, whatever. Roku was still or was a thing at the time. I didn't even know that. But um, so Netflix is taking off. And we have the introduction of another social media giant, Instagram. Oh, yes. Back when you would just take pictures of your food and random things and random places <gasps> and your innocence and use really bad, warm filters that the, washed you The out. sepia tones definitely yeah. <laughs> were huge. Bria, can you remember your first Instagram post? A while ago, I was going to just delete my whole Instagram feed and start anew. And then so I deleted a few, but I was like, this is going to take a long time. So I I canceled that um, program or that idea. But no, I I don't remember. I know I looking back, like just in general, the things I posted, I was definitely trying to post like, oh, this is like a cute little artsy shot of this or <laughs> so um, nothing of value, <laughs> really. But well, and but but it was something of value to us at the time. Yes. I my first Instagram post was a picture of saltwater taffy. And I was like, mm, I forget what the caption was, but it was just like, I love saltwater taffy. And it was just a very blurry handful of taffy in my hands and then I think the next one was the artwork at Trader Joe's yeah I will say that like looking through my old Instagram like I feel like I posted so much like wholesome stuff that yeah that's exactly what it is it's wholesome innocent what we interpreted as youngsters to be like this is artsy but then it's like really whatever (laughs) so I have a feeling I deleted my first post, but currently some of my first po- posts are uh, pictures of uh, musicians from concerts I went to. So the very first one is this band called the Darcy's, and then we have some Bombay Bicycle Club. So they were together, I believe, when I saw them. But then I have like stuff like my sketchbooks and pictures at St. Mary's and Mm -hmm. just like a cup from Fat Slice in Berkeley and sushi and Taco Bell, (laughs) like (laughs) like, (laughs) lots of food pictures, lots of concert pictures, lots of random pictures of architecture and stuff like that, that I thought was cool. So, I mean, I would like to get back to that. I'm very, um, oh my God, I hope what I post is interesting and cool and very in my head about it. So I don't post a lot, but Mm -hmm. um, looking back at that, like I definitely wasn't in that space then. I was just like, oh, take this picture and share it. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's not, I felt like early Instagram, you didn't overanalyze what you wanted to post. It was just like, here's this picture of this cup from Fat Slice. Enjoy it, motherfucker. And now (laughs) it's like, 
everything's so curated. It's so, I have to think of a witty post. I have to think of some funny hashtags. I have to think of, you know, a, the best like filter stickers or whatever to put Yeah, on it. It's so, people who have like timelines that are like all the same tones and color like scheme like oh my god I could not like doing our stuff oh yes. is hard enough I could not do that personally but yeah it's just so much more involved now than and I feel like part of it too is like Instagram really was like you would just follow like people you knew like like what's your Instagram like I follow you like Mm -hmm. you're my friend or we're in class together or something or like we work together and now it's like you follow all kinds of like once celebrities and just other kinds of accounts meme accounts all that other stuff came into play then it like just it went away from being this like niche space of seeing like maybe what your friends are up to or, or what Yeah. kind of thing And now 11 years later, it's, again, it's like trying to keep up with the times. And I think some people would rather, and this is now our Instagram podcast, but I think that like with how Instagram is now, it tries to, it, it tried to be like Snapchat with the stories and now it's trying, and then it tried to be like, um, now it's trying to be like TikTok with reels Yeah. and just all the different, and then also a combination of the both with the different kinds of filters and sound effects and funny things that you can do. And it constantly updates and changes that I'm almost about to lose my fucking patience with Instagram because it's like, I just can't, I just can't keep up with all these changes. Well, I'm getting get so ready out. because it's going to change again. It's really gearing up towards being more like TikTok. And I'm not really looking forward to that. I wish they would kind of go back to. being like a photo app Just right have it be a photo app. Let TikTok be TikTok. I still can't get over the fact that Vine's dead. Like, I'm still mourning Vine, honestly. And now I'm seeing in TikTok reels that people are using audio from famous Vines. And it's just this like, I'm like, there's nothing new with that. We always knew that that like audio from those Vines were funny. So yeah you don't have to touch it and have it be this like new thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm old and grouchy. <laughs> We can cut this if we feel embarrassed. All right, so moving on to one of my favorite subjects, music. And again, I'm trying to paint broad strokes and leave some specificity, um, leave some, leave being specific to um, maybe some future podcasts. But these are artists that I saw on list of songs of 2010, and I think they carry on a little bit into the decade or further. as well um and i feel like you just hear these names and you're like yes and you can probably think of a song or two or more of them that encapsulates this time Yes. so start it off oh my god such a superstar now bruno mars um bob katy perry our girl kesha with the dollar sign little baby baby justin bieber <laughs> just pause for like the bowl cut justin bieber and not what we have now um jason Ah. Uh. Yeah. So derulo innocent. <laughs> who i put on here because he is now falling down the stairs at the olympic closing ceremony no i'm kidding but <laughs> no have you seen that joke where No. he fell down the Met Gala stairs. So like every event, someone posts a meme like that Oh. Jason fell down the stairs at like this current event. Got it. But um, I put him because last episode you talked about I'm again heaps um, 
song and he like took that and sampled it and also put the mm, what you say mm-hmm. out into a whole nother demographic mm-hmm. and atmosphere mm-hmm. um lmfao 303 <sighs> i saw lmfao at when i went to uh cal state university northridge they performed at a concert for students and so seared into my brain um but yes but uh them 303 they definitely helped usher in like edm and stuff exploding at that time Mm -hmm. um we have uh early early Nicki minaj drake red-haired rihanna who (sighs) chef's kiss like yes what an era um florence and the machine Mm-hmm. Foster the People, Vampire Weekend, The Temper Trap, MGMT, like such like amazing, um, amazing artists. Anyone jump out at you? You want to shout out like a song or something real quick? I know I mentioned Bulletproof earlier, so mm-hmm. I didn't put Lara on here, but um, that song was like, oh my God, everywhere. <laughs> yes. So before we started recording, I accidentally got a little too ahead of myself in talking about 2010s music because Bria and I had discussed how it's like music that it's not necessarily we're not going to hear it years and years from now when we're older and being like oh like have this really fun nostalgic memory that's not to say that we don't like the music or we don't like the songs I still think like all of these artists that you mentioned all had a huge hit in in a jam from this era um i was in um my second year in college in 2010 and i had moved down to anaheim to be part of the disney college program and so like the only things that i remember from that time was TikTok by kesha being (laughs) huge and playing that all the time um the uh usher oh my god oh 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 my god but I'm hearing, of course, Justin Bieber's baby. That was also huge. I was a, before I left to move to Southern California, I was a nanny. Um, and she was, the the girl was about four and five and just Justin Bieber. <laughs> she would just cry and cry and cry. She just loved Justin Bieber so much. I'm like, dude, I get it. Like if I was 10 years younger, I'd be into it too. But um, what I'm thinking is, 2010 is an interesting year. It's two years after the housing crash and we are in a recession. So 2009, 2010, the U.S. is in a pretty deep recession and a lot of people lost jobs. They lost their homes. They had to move. um, And a lot of people had to really kind of be careful with how they spent their money. So it was interesting when I was working at the Disney parks at the time. I had a lot of memories of the park just being dead and empty because not a lot of people could afford to go, um, which is so opposite now. But what I'm thinking about this, the, the pattern of music is that it's so fun. It's so like it's so party music. It's so party central that it's almost this like antidepressant in the form of music (laughs) because like it's a really shitty situation in but we get don't stop make it rock dj blow my speakers up or i would like to also shout out fly like a g6 like Like a a g6 G6. popping bottles in my eyes (laughs) 
That was like, another big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, teach me how to dougie. Teach me, teach me, teach, teach me, me how, how to dougie. Like, yeah, yeah. So it is. That is very true. That is a great observation, Simone. And on that note, let's get into some movies of yes. Um I did look at the when the backup plan came out, which is April of 2010 mm. and there wasn't a lot of like memorable stuff there so okay. i was like mm, scratch this let's just get some like movies of that month okay that, because like that week wasn't wasn't that hot um <laughs> and that might play into the box office it might so, so i'm gonna make a note of that so that i can bring that back up um so some movies of april 2010 that i thought were like mm, okay this is interesting, which still to me like wasn't a lot. Like given when we did like some of the early two thousand stuff, and I was like, oh my god, there's so many movies like that came out that are just like awesome or classics. Twenty ten, I was like, huh. Uh, <laughs> so um, for April, we have a Nightmare on Elm Street a remake, mm-hmm. bringing back, bringing mm-hmm. back Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Did you see this remake? I know you love horror. Yes, yes, I did. Um, all right, other movies. Date Night with Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't think was this old. Like, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) That was maybe, like, I don't know, two, three years ago, you think? Like, five years ago. (laughs) But um, Clash of the Titans, which I haven't seen. I put this on for you. Fury Vengeance, or Furry Vengeance, my bad, with B. Frage, Brandon Frazier movie. Um, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> but it's, it's like him and some animals or something. So um, might want to put it on your list. Um, the Renaissance. Yes, the Renaissance is among us in 2021. So got to prep, maybe do a little mini roll call for B. <laughs> um, Death at a Funeral, which is a remake. And I believe okay. this one has an all black cast of oh, yeah, comedians yeah. which uh-huh. um I, I feel like i've seen clips of it but i don't think i've watched it watched it and then a mega 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 hit iron man 2 which i've never seen any of the iron man movies but yeah um so my closing th- statement for the pop culture and movies of 2010 you know we're wrapping up big franchises like harry potter we're in the midst of a franchise twilight and we're just getting to, I know, right? I believe um, Twilight Breaking Dawn came out 2010. And then that was the part two. It was like Breaking Dawn oh, 1 no. and Breaking Dawn 2. No, Twilight um, Total Eclipse came out 2010, my bad. Ah, uh, okay, so okay. So we're in the middle of Twilight Got it. and then the two to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're just getting started with the Marvel Universe that has mm-hmm. become what it is with the Iron Man movies. But um, some other non-franchise movies that were notable too: Shutter Island, 127 Hours, The Kids Are All Right, which is a mm-hmm. nice, good, feel-good movie. Um, the Social Network really probably is like the oh, movie of this year that probably encapsulates definitely. that time so well. Inception mm-hmm. is a huge one. 
<laughs> yeah and um, two good leo movies this year right and black swan too which was like a <gasps> mega yeah. for natalie portman and uh, mila kunis which mm-hmm. was like okay like they can act act as adults all right let's stay out here this. yeah so i'm gonna hand the baton off to you a la our olympic relay team <laughs> And you go ahead and give us some budget numbers, and I'm looking forward to what Lil Raj has to say. Oh, boy. Okay, all right. Buckle up, Bria. (laughs) So, circling back to what you had said earlier, it makes sense um, with the box office numbers that the backup plan had got if you mentioned that the movies that were released um, of the weekend of April 23rd of 2010 were just kind of like, eh, not really memorable movies, not maybe necessarily flops, but just kind of forgettable, um, movies. So this movie had a budget of $35 million and for recession in a recession (laughs) and you know, 30 million went to Jennifer Lopez and the 5 million goes to her paraplegic dog in the movie. I thought you were serious for a second. I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, this movie like set wise, budget wise reminds me a lot of um, the wedding planner because it takes place in like, you know, big cities and um, not, in the way that movies like The Cell was made or or, yeah yeah yeah, where they had to create like some really really elaborate stuff um but yeah so this this movie had a budget of 35 million dollars opening weekend closing on April 25th they counted this for both the U.S. and Canada ranked in 12.2 million dollars however worldwide including um domestic and international gross ended up making $77.4 million. So not too bad. Not not bad at all, especially for a a comeback movie of sorts. We Mm -hmm. talked about how Jennifer Lopez kind of took a time off. She got pregnant. She had twins. By this time, I believe they're like two. Mm -hmm. So um, this is her first movie back and not a bad turnout, in my opinion, in terms of money. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it like doubled. It like made itself back and then doubled. Yes. So, and and then plus a little, a little bit extra on the side. So not overall, not too bad. It's the twins. That's why. It's, it's the. Tw- the it is the twins. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my favorite part, my homeboy, little Raj. What what does he have to say? Okay. All right. So I'm not gonna make you guess on this one. I will be. I'm just gonna be very transparent on what Lil Raj has to say. But we are going to do a guessing game on how many pumps of butter we <laughs> think the other person would give for this movie. And if we get it wrong, now we know what to talk about in our next group therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me at all. <laughs> you don't know me. Okay, Lil Raj, we know is a fan of Jennifer Lopez. But he's a J lover. He, he's a J lover, but he was not a fan of this movie. Lil Raj gives this one star, and he says, "Don't make this a movie." Ooh. To be more specific, um, hold the phone. Yes, go ahead. That is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Raj came to the library, and he said, "Reading is fundamental." <laughs> like that is. <laughs> 
the shadiest thing I feel like he has said so far. Uh, yeah. Just don't make this a movie. He said some movies are no better than second-rate sitcoms. Other movies are no better than third-rate sitcoms. The backup plan doesn't deserve comparison with sitcoms. It plays like an unendurable TV commercial about beautiful people with great lifestyles and not a thought in their empty little heads. So timid is this film that when it finally arrives at its inevitable child childbirth scene, it bails out after two pushes. <laughs> so if if I can read between the lines, Lil Raj calls this a two pump chomp of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I oh man, well I don't disagree. I am living for his word choices and um, his explanations. So let's get to our opinions mm-hmm. on this movie. Um, Simone, how many pumps of butter do you think I gave the backup plan? I think we can. I think we're both on the same level that we thought this out of all the rom-coms so far that this was the worst. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I – remind me again how much you gave Monster-in-Law. Ooh, I don't even remember. I feel like I gave it like two maybe. Okay. So I'm – Maybe two and a half. Okay. So then basing off what you gave Monster-in-Law. So if you gave Monster-in-Law – Which is funny because it was on TV yesterday. I I saw – like it was really towards the end of it and i was like oh and so i watched it and i was like you know what this movie fits for one of those movies you see on the random movie marathon on the weekend and i'm like i understand why people like this movie in terms of that which i think i said when we reviewed it but yeah yeah well and you also made a point about how like this just kind of holds up to jennifer lopez's longevity of her career like her movies might not be getting oscar nominated or golden globes or anything but they're played the hell out of on tv like we see them on tv a lot lot comfort movies she's getting residual checks she's not hurting at all (laughs) so i'm guessing you gave this either one and a half or two stars if i could give it less than one i would but (laughs) yes i I would give it one pump of butter and probably like a very lazy pump of just like Mm. uh, like let's let's go okay yeah okay um for you i know that I forget. I want to say it's ants or something, but I remember you being like, you know what? I'm not <coughs> wasting real butter on this movie. I'm just gonna give it like a spritz of like the I can't, <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter spray. And I feel like, and this might be true for me, so I'm gonna project this on you. Mm-hmm. I feel like you would spritz it in the air and like <laughs> the popcorn, just like a nice little like mist of butter. <laughs> Not, not committing to anything, just the essence. It's there. It's like when people joke about mimosas, like you just waft orange juice over mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. champagne. Mm-hmm. Fuck the juice. Like I'm here for the champagne. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is my guess. <laughs> you absolutely nailed it. And when you had said, if I could give this negative, like <laughs> if i could rescind if i could take an extractor of the butter that's already put in 
to cooking the popcorn, I could just so that it was just like a raw kernel. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> the start of this movie, I'm going back to the concession stand and be like, I don't want this shit anymore. Like, give me it. nachos. Give me something else. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Give me nachos or like just alcohol. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that segues into a great portion where we can talk about the cast of this and like i think we can just get through that pretty like yeah i'm dying to really just talk about the movie 100 percent. but um i don't have any problems with the cast um yeah i think like like most rom-coms the what makes it truly a comedy is the quirky side characters that you mm-hmm. see. Of course, Jennifer Lopez plays um, a woman named Zoe. Her male counterpart is Alex O'Loughlin, and his name is Stan in the movie. They're funny-ish in their own ways, but what really makes this movie stand out as more of a comedy is uh, Michaela Watkins as uh, Zoe's best friend. Her name is Mona. Zoe owns a pet shop at, who is run by Eric Christian Olsen as Clive and Noreen DeWolf as Daphne. They're kind of quirky and funny. Um, Jen, or Zoe also joins a single mother's support group run by mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy. And Melissa McCarthy, she's been on the scene for a while, but she didn't start gaining traction and notoriety until Till like bridesmaids. till bridesmaids. Yeah. Uh, yes. And so it's always funny to see these people kind of in their earlier roles, but they're mm-hmm. still kind of playing the same kind of physical comedy slapstick stuff. Um so yeah, I'm not. We we also see Anthony Anderson, um, who is this dad who hangs out at the playground that that Stan um, kind of go back goes back to visit every now and again to like get parental advice. Um, and there's just lots of very memorable faces of people that you may not know their names right off the bat, but you've definitely seen them before in other roles. Yes, like Jennifer Lee Cox, who plays a baby store clerk. And mm-hmm. she is Jan from the Brady Bunch movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. and I can never see her as anything else. Um, Linda Lavin, who is a legend, but for me is the Nana from the OC. She plays mm-hmm. Sandy's mom and Seth's grandma. Um, and then I will say that, um, to me at least, I... I feel like Mona and Zoe wouldn't really be friends. Like, that pairing was off to me. Mm, okay. Given the pairings we've gotten in, like, um, Monster-in-Law of her friends and... Oh, Adam um, Scott. And yeah. The Wedding Planner. Like, yeah. I think those are stronger groupings of, like, friend groups than okay. this movie. But yeah. overall, you know, it is what it is. I thought Anthony Anderson was pretty funny. And him and Melissa McCarthy, obviously, are, like, to me, the funnier parts of the movie. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, so not not a bad cast. Um, Mr. Alex O'Loughlin mm-hmm. is Australian, which I didn't know. Oh, interesting. Usually, like, Brits, I feel, do a good job covering up to do an American accent. Aussies, it's a little bit more hard because Aussie accents are so thick and intense and and usually it comes out in some form but i that this is news to me yes so i found this out by watching interviews and i was like oh shit which kind of like i was just like why didn't they just 
one thing I don't get is like Americans love accents. So True. like New York is a melting pot. Like why not just have him talk like he normally talks and be Australian? Like that would have yeah. bumped up his points in my book like a, f- a ton of notches. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but um, I think I don't necessarily enjoy his pairing with Jennifer Lopez. I think they do like a good job of working together and have chemistry and watching their interviews and stuff. I was like, oh, like they like seem to have enjoyed being around each other and had fun, which helped me post watching the movie. But as a couple, I was just like, "Eh." like he just seems like your standard, like he's good looking enough and he can act and yeah, well, We'll place him here. He doesn't have anything to me that is like a George Clooney or even a Mr. Matthew McConaughey. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to see him in these like bigger roles. Or Like he reminds me of Michael Wharton in Monster in Law. Like he was just mm-hmm. there. Like he was there. Been there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I see he's that. hot. I'm not saying he's not. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Shirt, shirtless on the farm, like chef's kiss. And okay. All sweaty yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. I'm just saying like anyone else could have been besides Jennifer Lopez in this movie. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that has a lot to do with his character, which I can't oh. wait because oh. Stan <laughs> is like number one on my fucking bitch list, Bria. So He's on mine too. Move I over, think- Jay Leno. <laughs> There's another bitch who's just as big as you. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So um, Cass, I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the trailer real quick. Did you okay. watch the trailer? Uh-huh. The tra- okay, so here's I I want you to do the summary for this one, but I want to do a yes, but I want to do the summary of the trailer. Okay. You ready? <clears throat> I'm going to do my movie phone voice. She's a pet store owner who can't find love. He's an artisanal cheese salesman who's dumb looking and conventionally attractive. <laughs> the two meet up in a meet cute. <laughs> She's pregnant, I guess. Will he stay or will he go? Should I stay or should I go? Nah, 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 nah. That's my trailer impression for this movie. How should how do I even top that? <laughs> um, I will say though that one thing that uh sent me was that Kelly Clarkson's Miss Independent is in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it, which which that song works for other Jennifer Lopez roles that we've seen in rom-coms zoe is independent she makes her own pet store which we find out after adopting this like really bougie dog from a high-end pet store but he was like severely inbred and has a lot of um impairments so shall we say and so then she just ends up like quitting her corporate job taking the money and like buys out the pet store so she's independent in their in her own right she's independent and that like she's not gonna wait to settle down and and find a man if she wants a family to start creating her own family by her own means but yes it felt like a really awkward song for the trailer I was just like, this is so 2010. Yes. Whatever happened to me in a panda? Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so summary of the film. Like Simone kind of alluded to and said, Zoe is, um, I'm assuming, a 30 something uh, independent business owner. She owns mm-hmm. a pet shop. She's 
of an age where she's like, you know, I know what I want. I have all this other stuff. I'm happy with this part of my life. I want kids. I'm not in a relationship. I haven't found the one. So I'm just going to get artificially inseminated. And so we meet her really on that day. Yep. And and then by happenstance and serendipity, she gets into a taxi cab. She's having a great day, by the way. She's, you know, walking in the rain. Out. Walking on sunshine, a la JLo. <laughs> and um, she gets into a cab in very New York. You know, someone else is like, hey, this is my cab. And it is Stan, Alex O'Loughlin's character. This is their meet cute, which is not cute in my book. But um, so this is how they meet. And then eventually, you know, she winds up seeing him at a, like a farmer's market. And um he comes over and he's like, hey, like, did you know I was here? <laughs> and OK, I'm not going to point out s- such specific things because we can get into we're definitely going to get into that. But I'm rubbing my other- temples yeah. already. <laughs> so they see each other again at this farmer's market. They wind up, um, you know, chatting, flirting, whatever. And then he also makes a point to go to her pet store to see her and try to get a date out of her. They go on a date. They like each other. After that, of course, she finds out, wow, the insemination took and I'm pregnant. So what's going to happen now? I just met this guy I really liked. Okay. So they go on another date. They wind up actually fornicating. And at that point, she's like, uh, I think I should tell you I'm pregnant. He's like, whoa, it doesn't happen that fast. But then she has to explain to him. And then there's a lot of back and forth of like, you know, are you going to be a part of this? Are you not? I really like you. Are you, do you like me enough to, you know, want to ha- be a part of having these babies with me? And um, eventually they decide, yes, this is what we're going to do together. And, you know, they have the, she has the babies. And in our minds, I guess they live happily ever after. I'm not sure because the ending is very... Mm, like, <laughs> what okay so that's my summary (laughs) that i feel like that was terrible but (laughs) no you know it it, this movie is so bad that like (laughs) any any summary would be fine it's like insert pretty girl insert asshole man but still like conventionally good looking but always has just like a huh kind of expression on his face (laughs) insert quirky friends and quirky people insert cheese insert dogs (laughs) you're good that's the movie so one thing i would like to circle back to because um i'm in the midst of editing our made in the made in the manhattan (laughs) i'm in the midst of editing our Made in Manhattan episode is that um, we, for Roger Ebert's review, you pulled this quote about rom-coms that I feel mm. like we, we're obviously not fans of this movie and I feel like there are people who love this movie and it's just like, oh my God, that's one of my favorite JLo movies. or That's like one of my favorite rom-coms of hers. And like, I get why people would like this movie. But this is where I feel like we're coming from with our uh, review of this movie. So Roger Ebert said, and you also pointed this out in that episode, that we go to the movies for many reasons. And one of them is to see attractive people fall in love. This is not shameful. It is all right to go to a romantic comedy and not demand it be a searing portrait of the way we live now. What we ask is that it not be dumb. 
or at least no dumber than necessary, and that it involved people who embody star quality. And then he goes on to say that made in Manhattan, eh, he goes on to say that made in Manhattan is not dumb. And I pulled this quote and I'm glad I was editing because I'm like, the backup plan is just dumb. Like, <laughs> that's why to me it doesn't very work. And it's, it's not the premise of this movie that's dumb because you have other movies that have similar, you know, plot lines. Like you have, um, there's another movie in 2010 called The Switch Up with Jennifer Aniston that yeah. talks about artificial insemination. What's that Seth Rogen, Katherine Heigl movie where Knocked oh, Up? Oh, yeah, Knocked Up. They just get pregnant like right away. Yeah, randomly. it was like a one night stand and yeah. she's, she gets pregnant. Yeah. So like you can tackle and trust me, I've read some fan fiction <laughs> that is along the lines of this plot of this movie. And it's just the way that you go about telling this story that, you know, has to work on a certain level before or otherwise it's just like, eh, OK. Um, but yeah. So how do you feel about what Lil Raj said? back then and how it applies to the backup plan i mean yeah i guess the difference between the two and i was going back to like reading if there was something else that lil raj had said in his review of backup plan that might have been similar the difference between this and made in manhattan is that at least you're like kind of rooting for your characters in Made in Manhattan. And we have, I would say the backup plan is more, lies more towards comedy and than romantic. And Made in Manhattan is more romantic than comedic. Yeah. And so that quote pulls well for Made in Manhattan because it's like, sure, sometimes you just go to the movies to watch like two really good looking people fall in love. But for the backup plan, there really wasn't too much romance. It was more like awkward arguments followed up by comedic bits in between. And between, like in total in the movie, Zoe and Stan break up three times. And it's like just this kind of whiplash, will they, won't they? And I think for a movie like The Backup Plan, I wouldn't, I might have expected going into it to watch two attractive people fall in love, but that's not how I would have left the movies. I would have been like, I guess they made it. It's that Avril Lavigne, all this time you weren't pretending so much for my happy ending. It just kind of felt like, uh, okay. So I guess the, the quote still applies to most romantic comedies, but I want to say not to this one. Because, no, that's why I brought it up. Like, yeah. I don't think that this movie succeeds as a rom-com because it doesn't succeed in that way of, like you said, like, making us, like, want to see these two attractive people fall in love and root for them. And, Agreed. Um, and again, it like he said, it doesn't have to be this, like, amazing in-depth thing about, like, what life is like now. It's a very, like, surface-level genre rom-com. Sure, are. sure. But, like... It's also like, like it's like to me when he's like, you know, all we ask is that it not be dumb. It's just like off the jump on my bitch list is again, Stan. Like, I don't like him. Like, I don't 
Yeah. I'm not I like Ralph Fiennes way more than Stan. Like, and it's not Alex. It's not how he looks or anything like that. It's like his actions, his words, his behaviors. He's just written really like crassly. And I don't understand why you would write a romantic interest in this way. And yes. not have some kind of redeeming moment or qualities of him that is like, okay, he's an asshole, but like he has a soft heart of gold or something. Like, yes, it, there. It, during the many times in which these characters broke up and and split up, or you know, kind of tried to call it quits, I was like, good, you're better off like going your separate ways. But in movies like. I want to bring it back to the rom-com that you brought up with Knocked Up with Katherine Heigl and Seth Rogen. It's that movie works to me as a romantic comedy and it's a romantic comedy that I can sit through and actually enjoy because there's something that works with these pairing of people that are different and they have like this kind of I think it's more common that couples will have a one night stand, they get pregnant, and then they have to like figure out and make it work rather than someone going to a doctor's appointment for artificial insemination and then having this random meet cute. So a story like Knocked Up is way more believable and you are kind of rooting for them. Sure, Seth Rogen's like bumbly and a fool and smokes a lot of weed, but he has that heart of gold. Like he legitimately does kind of want to try and like wrap his head around having a baby with Katherine Heigl. Um, so it's like it's a coupling and a pairing that you are kind of rooting with, rooting for. Um, that being said, is it is it okay that we move into the segment now where we just talk about plot and like air out some laundry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is something that I wrote down. Actually, you know what? I want to save this until the end because I, I just want to go through the plot and talk about stuff, but then I want to talk about, like, my bottom line circle okay. back. So okay. let's get into it. <laughs> so I have some notes, like, and a big thing I don't like about Stan is the way he comes off to Zoe. Yes. And it's very, like, abrasive and very cocky and not in a, like kind of charming like yes oh, like you like me kind there of are men who flirt in that way where they come across as very overconfident but it's overconfident with a twist of humor yes. stan is just aggressive and if it was me i would have pepper sprayed him by the time <laughs> right because like, their meat cute <laughs> is not cute because first yes. off she hails a cab and the cab pulls to her side of the street he gets in on the opposite end of the cab like the mm -hmm. street side of the cab and then he's like first of all you're not a gentleman because if a woman hails a cab you would think the gentlemanly thing to do would just be like hey we can share it or you know what hey you have it and he's just like no this was my cab like and mm -hmm. she's like no it wasn't and it's just and he's admin and it's not like in a cute like you know no you know this was my cab you just got in because you saw me get in like something like that is just yeah. like no like this is my cab like but it's um, extremely narcissistic and then the other huge problem i had with that is that new york's a really fucking big place so they get out of the cab at the same time to be like fine whatever leave me alone you can have my cab she's like you're ruining my mood i'm actually having a really good day and you're like 
throwing off my vibes. And then he gets up out of the cab and the cab speeds away. Behind them, you can see at least five other cabs, which you would think that they could hail. Now, granted, maybe the cabs already had people in it. But the next shot of them is they go straight to the subway and he's behind. And I don't know, for the listeners that we have of this show, New York, the subway system has so many different lines that the fact that they get into the same cart and he stands right behind her and that they just so happen to be going to the same place is so frustrating to me because again i feel like their meeting would end when they like would get out of the cab and go their separate ways but they get out of the cab and it's not raining anymore it is like perfectly clear the sun is out. None of the other people look like they're putting their umbrellas away or that head had just been like really wet. And then she does this thing where she 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 picks up a penny. Zoe has this thing about like good luck having good luck. And she goes, Well, the penny's only good luck if you if it's heads up or whatever. And when you go to like pick the penny up at the ground, the ground's not wet. The ground doesn't look like it hadn't been fucking rained on hard for a long time. It's just a movie inconsistency. I did I see. I know. I know. I did see <laughs> behind the scenes footage, and you can tell it's like movie rain because oh, sure. the distance. It's like sunny and nice and stuff. Of course. Um, of course. But, no, it is it is contrived rain. That is fake rain 100%. But these are but... the things that I feel like when the plot doesn't work or, you know, you're already out of like what you're watching for, that you start noticing other small shit like that. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, there's tons of. Me- movies that have goofs and stuff that doesn't make sense that you just don't even pay attention to unless you like nerd out on imdb and you're like what i watched this movie like 10 times and i've never noticed that and like you know yeah for you to notice something like that just speaks to like how how disinteresting this movie was that early on yes and i also think too that this movie was just very like sloppily put together it just felt very rushed i didn't really think like there was a lot of careful thought into it and then stan does this bold move where he's like why don't you he's like hey you pick up that penny like he wants to see her bend down in this dress and pick up that little penny in front of him like right off the bat Stan's character is just the stereotypical narcissistic I'm right you're wrong I'm a I'm a dopey white man and your world revolves around me I don't give a shit about you and what your issues are like why you're having a good day I want you to do the things for me that serve for me (sighs) okay so there are some things that um he said throughout this movie that i had to write down please let's go through i'm sure we probably wrote down the same things (laughs) so um initially i think when they see each other at the farmer's market and he's like did you follow me here and i was like Bro, it's been days. You... Okay, but also, if you're interested in this woman, why on earth would you lead with that? Why would you not be like, oh my god, like that's a funny coincidence. Like, it's funny to see you here, or like, wow, like it's a small world, like mm-hmm. you know, something, anything besides. Did you follow me here? Like, no, I did not. I'm not even at your booth for one. Like, 
get the get out of my face mm-hmm. two when he says um when they finally do go out and he's like did you buy that dress to wear for me tonight yes uh, excuse me like <laughs> i mean there are again there are ways that could have happened and maybe the writer was just trying to be like too different and not stereotypical but there are ways of men complimenting a woman on the dress and being like oh like you know i like that color on you or you know yeah like something this- like that but- yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, the way he says it, it's very narcissistic. Like, oh, you're wearing that dress for me. Yeah, in a way, no shit, Sherlock. We're going on a date. Like, but okay. Um, later on, when she's pregnant, which irritated the shit out of me because I feel like that should have been his redeeming portion is like when she's, you know, in her third trimester and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's um, a point where, like most pregnant women, she's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He has this huge pregnancy pillow to sleep with. And he <gasps> fucking throws the pregnancy pillow out Dude. the window. Okay. And yes. he's like, I need to know, are you still in there? And I'm just like, what? I wrote, what the fuck does that mean? And okay, in an interview with him and Jennifer Lopez, or just Jennifer Lopez, she's like, you know, there's this line. And, you know, it does get to a point where, you, you know, when you're pregnant that you're so hormonal and like so much is going on you're uncomfortable and stuff that you kind of lose yourself a bit and i get that but men when your wife or your girlfriend is pregnant or your partner like that is a time that you just let shit go and like you, you let shit go she and- already showed you a picture of what her ass looked like that before <laughs> she's clearly lamenting her like the changes that's happening in her body which obviously it's like Jennifer Lopez pregnant in real life with the twins. She looked fantastic. But um, there, you know, there's the stereotypical um, things where she's like putting on her dress and it's not fitting and she she cries because, you know, you get big, you get bigger when you're pregnant. It's just natural. That's what your body is supposed to do. And it's okay to feel sad about it. But it's not okay for your partner to be like, are you still in there? Not like in 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 addition to your body, but also like your the original you, the you that I met before you were pregnant. But going back to that fucking pillow, <laughs> Bria, we always say we are childless millennials, so we don't have personal experience with buying things that have gone through for pregnancy. But we know people who have gone pregnant. Yeah. Do you know how expensive those pillows are? Oh, they're expensive. So if he threw it out in the dumpster, and and he, I'm not like yelling at Jennifer Lopez's character, but if it was me, I'd be like, "What the fuck? That was like several hundred dollars, and I need that to like you actually need that to sleep comfortably through the night." And the fact that he felt so replaced by a pillow, it's like, yeah, get over it. I need this. T- to have a good night's sleep because there are like two living human beings inside of my womb playing soccer and kicking and it oh, 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 oh. oh my god yes okay and then when they get finally when they get back together because they break up and for the um, billionth time because he's an asshole still and he's like oh Oh, he's they're at the farmer's market and there's this cute little 
chick who has a booth who's just like all up in their business all the time and so she sees your muffins are shit (laughs) (laughs) so she sees zoe and she's like oh my god you're pregnant already like you guys haven't been together that much and they like kind of date she dated stan i'm assuming because she's like at yeah they did it it was mentioned he because they go to night school together and so like early on at school they had dated for a little bit yeah, so she's very much like that girl he left you for that is still like, like in Monster-in-Law, his ex-girlfriend, that's still kind of like, well, you know, we can still. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, but, the trifling. Yes, so she comes over and she's like, wow, you're pregnant, all this stuff. And then and she's in, um, I forget how the conversation comes up, but basically he says, you know they're not mine like she got artificially inseminated and that was just like pause what do you mean they're not yours because we've agreed that we're gonna do this together his mindset should be like these are my kids and not like well they're not mine like but you know we're working on stuff and so she's just like no you cannot be in that mindset this far on and because you know what's going to happen when I have these babies? Are you going to still be like, okay, well, I can leave because they're not my babies? Like, yeah. Uh, so that was like that move, that part made like probably the most sense <laughs> in this uh, dramatic uh, back and forth of their relationship. And I was, I was happy for Zoe. But then, of course, there's like this part where she gets all sappy and she's like, oh my God, you know, you really, oh, he gets a fuck fucking uh, we're we're getting we're like jumping all over the place but to to stay back in this mindset so when we eventually release this episode for for broadcasting and we work on our social media i recorded reactions to me watching this because i knew (laughs) that i was going to be screaming and yelling at the tv and at this part in the farmer's market where she's just where stan had referenced you know well they're not mine but we're working on it whatever and then the muffin bitch is like well to be fair he never he said that he never really even wanted kids and i was like fuck off muffin bitch you are like not part of this conversation at all but the fact that he's and then she's just like oh yeah like this isn't gonna work i don't want you to be a part of this if you're if this is your mindset she has every single right to say that to him because this is her this was her original decision her body her choice she wanted to do that and she's gonna have these babies regardless of if she had met stan that day right and so he was the one who insisted on being in her life insisted on asking her out time and time and time again insisted on kind of having sex and pushing things forward and like moving things along. And then when he makes the reference to, well, they're not really mine. And she's like, okay, you know what? Like, I don't really know if this is going to work because, you know, who says two years from now you want an out because you realize, okay, these aren't actually mine, whatever, whatever. Um, Or like, they're not mine naturally, you know, just because they're not yours physically DNA doesn't mean that they couldn't be yours in any ways. That's a whole other separate conversation. But what stands, my biggest bitch list with Stan is that he turns everything back on Zoe and he makes everything her fault as if she, as if they already met. And then she went to the doctor's office to get pregnant. 
yeah and like threw this on him and made this made their relationship ruined by being pregnant with twins and so he spins that conversation to to make it seem like it's her fault and that she was the one who dragged him into this when i can't so Bria, I don't know if I should like hold up the audio and hold up the phone of me watching this or if I should just text it to you and we include it as like part of getting ready for releasing this episode. But that part in particular was a huge issue for me. I will say the shining star of that scene is Stan's like co-cheese salesman in the back. I said... Everyone at the farmer's market has to pretend like this conversation between the two of them is very normal. And they're just like, oh, what's this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me smell this. Let, let me, let me sample that. And they're like, like, I got very much like eyes on the wall vibes where they're just like listening in on this very intimate, extremely personal conversation, but distanced off in the background you see stan's co-cheese salesman and he's just like <laughs> and, and then he'll pretend to like get busy with something but then he'll like look back up that motherfucker didn't speak a single word in the whole movie but he acted the best his acting was a plus because he had to pretend like everything was normal <laughs> The farmer's market cheese partner had no lines but captivated my heart with his background acting was my <laughs> final note on that. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Because going into this movie, I have a friend, Isabel. Isabel, if you're listening, what's up, girl? Um, I have a friend, and I know that this is a rom-com movie or a J-Lo movie that she likes. And mm-hmm. so I was texting her while I was watching it. And so, of course, I'm bitching. I'm like, oh, Stan's horrendous. I can't get into this, all this stuff. But she um, was, oh, she made a point to point out that, like, Zoe doesn't tell Stan right away that she's pregnant. And I was like, I don't feel like she needs to. That's a weird thing to bring up with someone you just met. And you don't know where it's going. Right. Like, you think they shouldn't have had sex until she disclosed that information like that was that was a very movie like oh this will be funny way of telling him because they just did it and he's Mm -hmm. like it doesn't happen that fast but like i feel like it's it's a cheap way to get a laugh and it ruins the rest of the story Mm -hmm. and so um how do you feel about like whether or not zoe should have said anything early on what should have been her disposition with him pursuing her knowing that she was going through this process should she have like casually been like hey well you know i'm not looking for anything right now i'm actually in the process of trying to have a baby so you know maybe in a few months like (laughs) or i don't know but thoughts on so I don't think she needed to disclose it right away. I think after their first official horrific, horrendous date that they went on. So he had, Stan had found Zoe, found out where she worked um, and like showed up at her pet store where, (laughs) shout out Cesar Milan. (laughs) Yes, nice little cameo. And so he shows up and he was like, you know, what are you doing tonight? And she's like, I was going to get takeout and go home. And he's like, all right, I'm going to get takeout and go home. 
let's just go to the same takeout place. We'll order separately. We'll go our separate ways. And that's that. And um, they, they do, they, they grab some hot dogs. They kind of make their separate ways, but he did call her, I guess a day or two later, the day that Zoe found out she was pregnant because she decided to take the test. I don't know two minutes before the date started which was another thing that i wrote down of like why if you thought you were pregnant to either just like i mean i get no actually i can't question it because i've never been in that position i've never been in that position where i've been anticipating getting pregnant and so i can imagine it's probably really exciting so i take that back i rescind that but she takes the test like right before stan shows up her dog accidentally like he thinks it's a toy he swallows it by the way that test is absolutely ruined pregnancy tests are incredibly fickle and there are a lot more complicated instructions on them than you think than besides just pissing on them but that's besides the point that's another movie logic thing that I don't want to really get too much into they go on this date in a picture it's it's a nice it's a nice date like he brings them to this little community garden has this really nice setup with um candles and some wine and pizza and whatever like it's it is it's really cute um she has a glass of wine again she doesn't know she's pregnant yet because her dog swallowed the pregnancy test um and some comedy and mishap and chaos ensues um stan like spills over a candle the table gets lit on fire spills wine on her. yeah yeah spills wine on jennifer lopez's dress and then the table catches on fire and then zoe gets a a hose to like hose off the thing then he gets really muddy whatever that date's a disaster so for me i would have been like you know what maybe this is a sign that things just aren't gonna work out i'm gonna go (laughs) fucking up like it was really nice good try like you know what it's just not for me but they decided to go out again later he invites her to his family's farm upstate and that's where they have the the goats and all the farm animals and stuff where they make the fucking cheese personally if it was me i would have disclosed the information before the romantic getaway weekend because nothing says we're gonna fuck if you invite me to your beautiful bed and breakfast farm upstate (laughs) and so if it was me, I would have wanted to disclose that information then rather than like, oh, just kind of wait and see how things are going. So, but it's also a very personal choice to want to disclose that kind of information. Well, and I didn't think about this when I was talking to Isabel, but pregnancies are very fickle. Like, you mm-hmm. don't tell people right away usually just yes. because you want to get to a certain point where like it's for sure like, you know, you might miscarry, you might something might happen absolutely and so to tell him like right right away is to me out of the question Mm -hmm. and then i was like and then they have him going to night school and he finally tells her this as if it's some deep like thing that's comparable to her pregnancy and it's like yes homeboy that's not that's not the same level way two different things (laughs) but i'm I'm glad you said that bria if it was so going back maybe she could have disclosed the information when she went back to go get the ultrasound and she found out she was having twins. Then that's when shit gets really serious. Um, But you're absolutely right. Pregnancy is an incredibly fickle thing. Um, And that even though she was pregnant with twins, I mean, lots of complications can happen when you're, when there's twins. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> the issue I had with that is when so Zoe decides to go to the cheese farm. They fuck. It's actually like kind of a hot 
little moment. Yeah. Um, but in their post-coitus smelling like cheese in the hay, she decides to tell him that she's pregnant. And then he gets angry at her where he's like, you lied to me. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. No one lied to you. That's just like with holding some very private and intimate information. So you don't. (laughs) Yeah, I barely know you like that's I felt like the his reasoning of felt like he was being lied to felt very off putting to me. No, yeah, for sure. Like there's just so many moments of Stan reacting to Zoe that are just like it doesn't make sense. I wouldn't have put up with this. Or like, yeah. I, this would have turned me off. This is not attractive. This is not romantic or anything. And that. it's like, she didn't lie. Okay, this is this is, this is what I said. I said, there's something I need to... T- okay, so they're walking around the property. So he's like, actually, you know what, Stan? There's something I need to tell you. And he goes, hold that thought. So he cuts her off. He doesn't let her speak. He goes, hold that thought. He opens up the barn door where all the fucking cheeses are, and he wants to be all cute, like, I made a Zoe cheese. I made a cheese after you. And then they fuck. He goes, you lied to me. And I said, dude, she didn't lie to you about it. You never gave her the chance to tell you in the first place, you piece of shit. Stop mansplaining cheese and just listen to her. Uh, yes, I just, uh, he's just not attractive, like, his behavior is just not attractive, and definitely not someone I would think about wanting to raise kids with, like, yeah. uh, because someone can be hot, someone can be good looking, Alex O'Loughlin, like, not a bad looking person, no. but his personality just makes him so unattractive and such a fucking asshole, and, um, okay, so, to me, this plot, again, I don't think it's totally implausible for this movie because I questioned myself. I was like, is this even a good plot or storyline for a rom-com? And I'm like, no, you know what? It can work. It works. But, like, one of my things is that, like, I can totally understand having him be, like, off-put, like, wow, you're pregnant, like, you're you decided to have get artificially inseminated and you're pregnant and I just met you we really like each other wow I don't know what to do with that and have that moment like that's human I think that's mm-hmm. very much human but again like you said like him blaming her or shifting it to being like her fault or she's put him in this position it's like no homeboy you pursued her yeah like, you pursued her you were the one who kept pushing you were the one who like insisted And if you really liked her, like, or, you know, really have strong feelings for her, then, like, yeah, it's weird and all that stuff. But at the same time, you know, you take the chance of, like, okay, this might be worth it. Like, this is something I want to figure out with you. And I just feel like, too, after that point, obviously, we said there's a lot of back and forth of them you know he goes with her to the ultrasound appointment they go looking for uh do they go together to look for a stroller no she comes back with she comes back with like a double wide stroller and baby clothes and stuff and he's like very off put by his like why do you have all this stuff um i'm having two kids like we're gonna need this stuff like because nesting is part of pregnancy And I understand being overwhelmed. Again, like, this is a weird situation, but he is so, like, abrasive about it that it's just, like, are you, like, 
sure you want to do this like yes it and i don't buy it like i don't buy that he like wants to do this for the right reasons i think he really likes zoe i think she's obviously jennifer lopez is beautiful and so pretty and she's got her shit together and so yeah she's a great catch but i feel like that's it like and it's just like this is a little sped up so it's it's a, a it's believable to be like oh wow this is a lot right now but it's just so abrasive of just like okay you said that you were down for this like can we have some moments of you just like reckoning with like shit this is a lot but at the same time being like okay this is a lot for me and this is also a lot for zoe mm-hmm. so let me pause on like my bitchiness for a hot second and like also consider her feelings and mm-hmm. what she's going through being pregnant for the first time and then on top of that finding out you're having two babies at once and not just one like mm-hmm. it's a whole lot like and so i'm sure we could bitch about more stuff and i'm sure as we continue talking there might be some stuff we remember that we want to bring up but i would like to ask well, we haven't even talked really about Jennifer Lopez's portrayal in this. I'm just going to blanket say I don't think there's bad acting in this movie. I just think that the plot and that Stan's character really makes it hard for this to work. Okay. I, I, I'll agree with you there. And maybe I'm biased at this point when it comes to Jennifer Lopez. I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Blanket <laughs> statement. I'm biased. So please keep that in mind as I'm about to say this. I thought Jennifer Lopez's acting was fine. I thought it was, you know, she had these really cute little quirky moments. Um, I loved the part when they were sitting in bed together and she was eating McDonald's and she had like, you know, like, you know, shit in her hair. And and then when she goes over to Stan's cheese farm and she's eating chili with like the bread and she's like scooping it up and into her mouth. Like, I just thought that that was so cute. Or when she Um, walks out of the insemination office and she's got her legs together. She's yeah, she's like like, trying to have it not come out. And they're like, you don't have to walk like that. Like, she's definitely embraced like her comedy chops. I feel yes. like by this movie. Yeah. So we're wedding planner and made in Manhattan. She's like, these are her first two rom coms. She's like feeling it out. And I think Monster in Law probably helped her a ton. But yeah. Because like, there was funny in this movie. Like, there's yeah. funny moments. There were a lot of more physical comedy moments in Monster in Law with like the little flash. Um, the cake. Um, yeah, the cake, the choking, whatever. Like, it's. Uh, those were really great and I felt like she really carried that over with this one and so I I really appreciated her. I think Jennifer Lopez does rom-coms really well. I think it's just the the characters and the writing that just made it really cringy for me. And I I'd like to for a moment just talk for a second about their like backstory which for screenwriters gives them a justifiable reason as to why they are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. So Jen, uh, so Zoe, Zoe's um, mom passed when she was at, at around eight and her dad left um, while her mom was sick. And so she just grew up with her, with her Nana. Um, and so she doesn't have, um, you know, so she has trust issues with men. She didn't really, um, 
like dating. She can really find the one because she just probably has these issues of like, well, they're going to leave, like nothing gold can stay kind of thing. She was like, just, I forget what the line was, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, happy, happy ever afters aren't always going to be existent for everyone. And then Stan had this shitty background story where he was like living abroad and doing the cheese thing, I think in Switzerland. And then he was married at some point and then his wife had, there's infidelity in the marriage and she had cheated on him. And so he has a skeptical viewpoint of women because his heart was broken. And so that's why when, um, it, you know, it was hard for him to like be with a woman who's now pregnant with, you know, sperm samples of a person that they both don't even know anything about right so it's like it's i'm not saying it's a justifiable way for them to act at the way that they are but that's what lazy screenwriting is is like oh let's give them this like background story that like which makes these fights and arguments between the two of them reasonable and that's why in stan's eyes everything's her fault and then that's why in zoe's eyes um she knew that you know, happy ever afters don't really exist. So she's just going to have to like be strong and be misindependent and just like leave and walk out and break his heart again. And to me, that's just lazy writing. But here's my bottom line. I'm not arguing that it wouldn't be a difficult situation for a partner to be in, especially in a new relationship. So I'm not arguing that what Stan's going through wouldn't be difficult. It would be hard for anyone. I think it's hard even if you are married in a loving relationship and then you find out you're pregnant with twins. Like, that's fucking scary. That's a big deal. But this movie has such a strong male viewpoint. Yes. That it's not, and it's not about him. When you, when you're pregnant, when a couple is pregnant, like it's about an experience together, but it, 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 your focus, I'm sorry, men, it fucking shifts off of you and it makes your spouse, your partner to be comfortable, to be healthy and to make sure that between the two of you, you're going to have everything you need to bring these babies into the world. So it's not about him, but Stan makes everything about him. And that's, that was, that was just kind of my bottom line. Well, that is an amazing bottom line. And I agree. I definitely, um, at one point had a note that was like, this movie is very like a male point of view. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense for to me a rom-com <laughs> but yeah it would the story would make sense more if stan was the main character and then he meets this woman yes who fall who he falls in love with and she's like hee hee i'm pregnant and <laughs> and so but because it stars zoe it stars jennifer lopez it really should be about her Okay, so I wrote that after the pillow part because I was like, I can't with him bitching about this pillow. Like, I feel like it makes this more of a man's movie. And I feel like that because his concern at that point was himself and like being like, are you still in there? But also after he throws out the pillow and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm just blah, blah, blah. He wants to have sex with her. Like, this is, bro. Now it's convenient for you. Now you're horny. Like, you couldn't have me at my chicken nugget. You can't have me, like, (laughs) post throwing out my expensive ass pillow. Fuck you. (laughs) Like, I just, that, 
that to me, like, I can understand, again, like, I do believe Jennifer Lopez when she was, you know, talking about, you know, there is a where you lose yourself because so much is going on with pregnancy and you're not really who you were and stuff and you're a shell of your former self. I totally feel like I get that. Um, honestly, my friends who have been pregnant, not my fave while they're pregnant. I'm just like, mm, okay, can't wait for you to get this baby out. <laughs> like, But at the same time, I have patience and understanding that this is only happening to them for this amount of time right now. And yeah. I feel like as a romantic partner, he should have had that understanding. And then on top of it, that him segueing right into sex and then like it just demeans her like again like what is he there for like are you there to be a partner to this woman and help her have these babies and be there for them or are you there to bang her while you can and then when shit goes left like it had you're like i'm out these aren't my babies like and and that's another thing when he said that and she's like okay well i don't think this is gonna work he also did not fight for her she mm-hmm. wound up coming back to him after yes. his parents, uh, wedding. And I'm just like, no, he should have came after her and realized he fucked up because he did. She didn't do anything wrong. And well, I mean, she's not perfect, but that's something, too, that Isabel was like. I was like, well, he's like such a dick. And she's like, well, it's hard. You're going to look like an asshole next to JLo in a rom-com. Like, and I'm mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just, like, the way he was written is just so, like, there's nothing redeeming about him. Yes. So, okay, I mean, I add it to your bottom line a ton. My bottom line would be, um, I, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I agree with your bottom line, and I think my bottom line would be, and I think this is a good segue maybe to this, my bottom line would be that I think that this topic and this storyline could work. I think the execution was poor and the character of Stan does not help the situation. And maybe we can get into our fixes and like if this movie was remade, how how would we remake this movie and how would it work? I think I think this movie could still come out. I think it's a very relevant topic of artificial assimilation and deciding to have a family on your own, you know, depending on, you know, not being in a relationship and stuff. Um, personally, my fixes for this movie would be that we could have seen more of her dating issues. Like maybe we get a quick like, um, you know, like kind of turnstile scenes of her going on these dates and it's just not panning out. And so obviously she's at this point where it's like, look, I haven't found someone. I'm making this choice for me. So that we get that. And then on top of that, the biggest thing to me is I feel like if they're going to have these quote unquote backstories of issues and stuff, they need to date longer before Mm -hmm. this happens. And Mm I feel like obviously she gets artificially inseminated. So that's the curveball of it all. And you don't delay that. But I feel like maybe she takes the pregnancy, like ruining the pregnancy test is like another like cheap ploy. But like maybe she takes the pregnancy test and it's a false uh, negative. And she's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not pregnant. I really like this guy. Let me give this a shot. And then later on, she starts to realize like she gets sick and stuff. And then she's like, 
hmm. And so she goes to the doctor or takes another test and realizes she's pregnant. And they've been dating for like a month or two. And they yeah. really are into each other. And I feel like that helps us. Hopefully Stan is written better. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. But that helps us buy into their relationship more and buy into him seeing this through with her and being like, okay, well, you know, I really like you. This is weird, but I want to see where this goes versus like this like lust pursuit of like, yes, I really think this chick is awesome or whatever and um it just seems very surface level for yes have a better i i agree with everything you just said instead of that strange pixar style opening where everything's animated for the first few minutes oh my god can i just say that i have a major problem that i think that it's supposed to be jennifer lopez she looks white she yeah, does not look like she's a woman of color that she's Latina or anything. Like, yeah. I'm like, is am I watching the right movie? Yes. movie? Like, who's Agreed. this white Mycene character? <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Which makes me think. I was like, I wonder if they made that if they already had like someone else in mind. But yeah, it's like they didn't throw even a filter on that bitch. Throw, throw, like... throw a sepia tone. Come on, bring it back to Instagram. That was one of my first notes. Actually, it was like intro credit scene. I am bothered with how white the animation is. Is it supposed to be Jayla? Like, yeah. Okay, yes. sorry, but yeah. No, 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 I that... absolutely agree. So instead of that very awkward animation, to have the opening credits be like, mo- like past montages of her on like just shitty dates yes. with like funny, like fuddy duddy kind of dudes. Yeah. I think that would have served so much better. And then she decides to be she 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 goes to her doctor's appointment. Um, she goes through with the artificial insemination. Her and Stan have a meet cute, but it's a lot better than the taxi cab confessions thing. It's going to be a lot. Um, there's it's, you know, maybe he like bumps into her at she like it's at the farmer's market and yeah. they, she like tries his cheese or whatever. The <laughs> or farmer's like, market is a great place for a meet cute. Like, such that's a good meet cute. Very believable. Or even um, like he walks by her pet store. Maybe he has a dog. Or a, a pet or something. Um, and then they, like, have that cute little me-cute. I totally agree with everything else. That then she finds out she's pregnant and it's like, okay, all right, let's see how this goes. And then the two of them figure it out. I don't see sometimes, you know how you said sometimes you just have to let movies movie? Sometimes I don't need this whole, like, coming to Jesus amazing plot arc story where the characters like realize certain things about themselves. I mean, I know all stories have, you know, climaxes and and falling resolutions and things like that where like problems are kind of tied off. But I think in this movie and in rom-coms in general, you don't have to overcomplicate them these things. That they don't have to have these like weird like stan didn't have to be cheated on stan could have just been some like dopey little cheese salesman and like (laughs) really liked her and was into her and was like okay i kind of want to make things work and then you know maybe when they go to the the mother support group and he watches the birth that he like you know freaks out a little bit you know that's natural for any man who's going to be expecting babies so um but I agree that, that that this movie could have been so much better if Stan had more of a heart of gold and you could tell that he was, like, generally interested in, like, 
being there for Zoe and being a part of these babies' lives, kind of in the way that like Seth Rogen was in Knocked Up, um, or I, it's been a while since I've seen the Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston movie, but I want to say it was like someone watch it now and knocked up so i can rip on this movie (laughs) be like see these movies got it right (laughs) i i've never seen switch up so the switch up so Mm -hmm. that um be interesting to watch and compare which i we probably should have done if we were really good at this (laughs) but um one more thing too that i would change is that i feel like the whole them the tug of war of them going back and forth because this movie deals with pregnancy i feel like the comedic moments comes from the pregnancy and i would have rather had more of those funny like hijinks moments of again like the eating and the like buying stuff and how like overwhelming that could be the birthing scene to me was like a highlight in the saving grace Mm -hmm. of this movie because Mm -hmm. it was just so funny and so much was going on and it seemed like they had fun filming it because in interviews and behind the scenes stuff like jennifer lopez is like you know i don't think we had like a straight take like i just kept laughing and they just had to edit and work around that because it was just so funny like agreed and so I wrote that my favorite part about this movie were the outtakes in the ending credits just <laughs> yes. because that part was so funny. So it should have leaned on the comedy part of it all more like Knocked Up probably does like because mm-hmm. it's a Seth Rogen movie and we could have done less of the drama of their relationship and yes that's part of it but like it's also funny. Also, a movie that came to mind is Baby Mama. That's such a touchy subject. Oh, totally. But it's uh-huh. so fucking funny. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, just and it also funnier. stars like two awesomely amazing female comedics. Yeah, or comedians. You know what? No, no shade to Alex, but maybe Jennifer Lopez would have been better off paired with a comedian actor in this movie, like a Jason Bateman instead of alex who mm-hmm. right i think he's in hawaii 5 and stuff mm-hmm. but um yeah he just seemed like too cocky and pretty boy it almost would have been funny if it was um oh god his name just escaped jason seagal who did like a forgetting sarah marshall but see i don't i think it's hard to pair jennifer lopez with them she's just so, so beautiful yeah like i know Catherine you mean... heigl's pretty Kristen bell's pretty all, like they're gorgeous but they also have this like regular chick thing about them it's very know? girl next door yeah, yeah yeah where you can buy them being with like like Kristen bell's married to dax shepherd yeah or, like emily yeah. blunt and john krasinski like john krasinski is like cute and a little awkward like looking mm-hmm. you know he can be very handsome but at the same time like they look like they do work together in that way jennifer lopez is just so fucking glamorous like outside of movies that is just like even this movie she looks like very again pretty and kind of regular very put together though you know not she's always wearing heels yeah not slobby or anything like that not too girl next door um very much like businesswoman next door but um 
but like she has to have she has to have someone kind of on par with her hotness level I'm trying to think if there's but a funny male comedian who is like also like whoa like really hot and good looking because like I, I honest I think humor adds a lot to someone's attractiveness I yes think like I think Seth Rogen and like okay Jason Segal are cute in that way just because they're he's not hilarious a comedian but I think he could pull off like mm -hmm. again like Jayla romantic comedy like comedic timing Paul Rudd <gasps> and they're like the same age so it also makes sense I don't know I, I like I yeah like no it no 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 I love it that's good yeah and Paul Rudd he would just be like he kind of has that like lost look sometimes where he's just like I don't know what's going on but I'm here and I'm gonna have a good time with it Or James Marsden. Jane, okay, interesting, because James Marsden's a pretty boy, but Yes. a funny pretty boy. Yes. Like Enchanted, where he says, Yes. <laughs> okay, all right, Bria, I like these hot takes. Good answer, good answer. Family feud. <laughs> all right, all right. Um I th I I think this movie could re be remade. I think it holds its own in 2021 as far as like a cheesy rom-com that probably Yeah. comes on TV and you know you watch for comfort or whatever. It's not a highlight of the genre. It's not a highlight of Jennifer Lopez's rom-coms. Mm hmm But um and I think too I feel like this probably is the time point for me at least where rom-coms are disinteresting to me it just feels very formulaic Hmm. you know Yes. and again like you know it's obvious where this movie is going but there are things that every movie can do differently that makes you like oh like or like oh this is cute like even though I know what's gonna happen like You know, they were cute together. I was rooting for them. It was funny. All that kind of stuff. But I feel like some rom-coms at this point are just, like, being churned out versus, like, Yes. really being something special Agreed. Agreed. of its own. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. They just, No, no, they no, lost no. their charm They somewhere. lost their charm. And despite despite me really not caring too much about it, the rom-com genre as a whole, there are moments in rom-coms like in Made in Manhattan and Wedding Planner and other like how to lose a guy in 10 days there are moments where i get a little goosebump where i where i just go oh like because Yeah. i can't you can't help it like there are some really sweet moments never felt that in No. one second of this movie I was kind of sad that they like were still together. <laughs> yeah and then on top of that, alluding to that she might be pregnant again at the end, I was just like, what? Like, that's how you chose to end this movie? Right, because at the looks of the babies, when they flashed forward, it didn't say the time period, but it looked as if I would say between not a full year, but like six to 10 months, maybe. And I'm really not good at judging babies, Me but, neither. I'm like, but I'm I... guessing, I mean, I know it's possible for women to get pregnant pretty shortly after they, Yes. they get birth. It just depends on, on the body and, and everything, Which but again yeah. just goes to him being a fucking horn dog. <laughs> like... I know, I know. Most women aren't cleared to bone until at least like six to eight weeks post birth. If it's me, I'm not 
yeah, never mind. It doesn't matter. That's, that's irrelevant. But um, I feel like we're at the point of the show now where we've talked about a very long laundry list of things that, yes, that did not amuse with. us. <laughs> um, and I feel like, you know, yes, it does. It could hold itself up in 2021. And there wasn't anything that was I found too problematic that really needed to be rewritten besides stan and everything yes. we said like if, if if this movie were to be remade i think it would do a lot better in 2021 than maybe how it would have done back in 2010 so we both texted each other though that we had would you rather questions yes let's get to that um you're the would you rather um aficionado so i'll let you go first <laughs> okay i'm like i'm almost dying because i'm like dude i wonder if our questions are the same Okay, Bria, would you rather fuck in the cheese den or fuck in the McDonald's bed where like chicky nuggy crumbs and fry crumbs and the McFlurry like is everywhere? Or would you rather fuck in the farm with the cheese? Um, yes. I don't know. Because like the cheese one I wrote, is this hygienic? Like for the <laughs> cheese? Like, the cheese is like... <laughs> Like, are we tainting the cheese's atmosphere? Like, are we about mm. to spoil some cheese right now? So like, someone tastes the cheese and they're like, this tastes like sex. <laughs> I don't know. That pops into my mind. Um, I do I do love a rustic setting. I love, like, rustic-looking weddings. I think they're beautiful. So, like, that part of it appeals to me. But then I'm just like, but the McDonald's stuff is very regular schmegler, and they're in a bed. So, like, sign me up for that. Am I pregnant? Like, because she's pregnant when they're, like, in bed with the McDonald's. So mm -hmm. that's another question. Like, is it just a scenario or is it's it just conditions? It's just the setting. It's the condition. So never mind the fact that you may or may not be pregnant. If 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 you're dating someone and they would, – would you – would would you rather if you had to choose would you rather have sex with your partner in a cheese den around the cheese or in like a messy bed like, and you're like you're like eating mickey d's you're watching a movie and then you look at each other and you're like let's make out and fuck let's let's fuck up the cheese den just for to fulfill like my rom-com fantasy okay <laughs> okay i like that <laughs> what about you so i love cheese <laughs> but I don't always love being around the smell of cheese. And I think that the oh, smell of the den would be a little off-putting. That's another thing. Like, was the cheese stinky cheese? Like All cheese is stinky at some it, point. What is the smell going on in there? That might change my mind. If it stinks, mm -hmm. then how are you in the mood? So. I think that there's something kind of cute about, like, eating junk food in bed and then, like, watching something stupid in the background. Like, we put on The Office or yeah. something on in the background and then you're like... Let's make out and see where this goes. I don't know. That's just to me. That seems more like what sex is life in my what sex is like in my life. Anyways, it's realistic. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit more realistic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, per always, I'm second guessing my choice, but I'm gonna go with cheese den. Um, okay, okay. So I realize I don't really have a would you rather, but I have a question. Really. Okay. A lot enough where Ooh. we're <laughs> appalled that her husband turns her down like getting in the <gasps> yes! i'm glad you brought this up okay the beginning of the movie jennifer lopez is having dinner or lunch with her friend co-worker pal and um what's his name clive I believe. clive yeah so, eating with Cl clive and so she's like 
will you have a baby with me pretty much like she's like we don't have to do it or anything i just want your sperm like i want to have a kid you're my friend blah 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 and he says no and i was just like how dare you turn down jennifer lopez wanting your sperm how dare you sir so my question is probably a very easy answer would you turn down giving jlo your sperm (laughs) (laughs) okay or or plot twist if she asked me to be a surrogate Ooh, yes. Or to donate an egg or two. <laughs> like, Oh, I would give my eggs to her. Absolutely. Hand over fist. I think... <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. Um, I don't know if I could be a surrogate just because I think wrapping my mind around being pregnant is still a mindfuck to me. But um, if I was a man and she asked me to provide sperm, yeah. And I would be okay with like putting it in, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I just thought that I was like, skirt, like what what is this scene? (laughs) Yeah. And then there's the second rejection when they're in the McDonald's bed and she like leans over and she wants to kiss and he's like, not right now. I'm like, because she has chicken in her hair. Eat the chicken nugget out of her hair and like like, get on with it. (laughs) Yes, get on with it. I think Nick Flurry all over me. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) feed me seductively French fries. (laughs) I Mm. mean, that rejection, yeah, that was dumb too. I was just like ouch again him and the sex but (laughs) yeah all right for another fun bit um um i don't have one for this because it's just so off put i could not even as we've done this and once you mentioned it think of anything but you do have a cocktail and movie spread my two cents is that it should probably be in a baby bottle um (laughs) (laughs) but would you bless us with your um cocktail hour yeah, so for the snack spread, I'm going full artisanal charcuterie board for this. I feel like <laughs> snack spread has to be something. <laughs> yeah, little little snacks that you get at the farmer's market. So like figs, muffins, Jam. some some jams, some crackers, the some nice cheeses. I'm going like that's full snack spread for this. For cocktail, I'm going red wine just because that's what they had on their first date that he spilled all over the dress. But I love your idea of putting it in a baby bottle. How fun. All right. That is that is an excellent choice. I didn't think of something that simple because it actually works for this movie in so many <laughs> ways. So there's that. All right. Well, I think this is probably like two and a half hours of... <laughs> <laughs> of goodness so oh also i just want to the ginger babies cute cute. a little off-putting given like the who they're belonging to (laughs) right so the red the gene hairs that are the genes donated from the donor that she chose from were really strong. The red hair jeans, I think, are really strong. It like really, if you're doing your old fashioned like Punnett square math, red hair often is like extremely dominating. So it shows up in. That's why like like if it like sometimes I'll look at Kevin in the sunlight and there's like flecks of red hair, even though not a lot of people in the family have true red hair. I think his grandpa had red hair at one point. But anyways, yeah, redheads have super duper strong genes, but it did look a little off-putting because in some ways the babies kind of had like, you know, like big round brown eyes, kind of like J-Lo, but then they had this like bright fiery hair. Cute yeah. babies, cute babies, <laughs> yes. but... Eh. 
It's a little weird. <laughs> and on that note, let's let's close it out again. <laughs> All right, let's let's shut her down. Let's shut her down. Man. All right, you guys, thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Pretty much a bitch list, really. Truly. And um, to the people who've stuck with us so far, please come back for another episode of the Great Value version of Inside the Actor Studio. Seriously, thank you for sticking around, particularly after this episode. If you do want to take another deep dive down this IMDb rabbit hole with us, please stick around next week. I can't guarantee that this might be any different for me because next week we are going to be discussing 2012's What to Expect When You're Expecting. Ooh, I'm sure we're going to have comparisons between this movie and that, so that should Definitely. be very interesting. Wait, we'll actually be talking about JLo's album Love, which came out in 2011, and then we'll be talking about What to Expect When You're Expecting. So, another bonus episode is right around the corner. Um, and on that note, I'm sorry if you really love this movie. We still love you, but if you've got nothing better to do, maybe go figure out a theme to watch a bunch of movies you have never seen. I'm your host, Simone. Please subscribe to this blessed mess and leave us a like if you're into it. And I'm your host, Bria, and it would be awesome for you to wipe off those buttery popcorn fingers and give us a review. Maybe cheesy fingers, too. (laughs) Also, Follow us on uh, social media. We're at Roll Call Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and my fave, Twitter. So on that note, this has been another episode of Roll Call and, and Cut. Cut. Charcuterie Bowl. <laughs>